0: stay sane with jane the show that helps you and your business to thrive not just survive tune in each week as jane connects with guests in the wellness business and publishing worlds bringing you the most up-to-date training techniques healing and guidance for growth mindset and motivation each session includes a magical guided meditation led by Jane or one of her special guests. Here's your host, Jane Scanlan. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Stay Same with Jane. So today we are interviewing Sassy Smith, who is a qualified coach, trainer and speaker. But in 2015, she discovered that she has aphantasia. I hope I've <laughs> said that right. Um, realizing that visualizing wasn't just a concept that came as a shock uh, and led her down a path to research this condition and some of the other conditions which were associated with it. So we're going to be talking about how some people can't access their inner world. Um, And Sassy's going to help us with all of that. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. I'm really looking forward to... uh, to today, so tell tell us firstly, tell us a little bit about about you, about who you are, and we'll get on to business and
1: work afterwards. Okay, so yes, so I'm Sassy Smith, um, and I am the Afantasia Coach and founder of the Afantasia Academy, and um, I've been coaching probably for most of my um, life because I've managed people and um, that's part of that role. And I qualified as a coach some time ago and I love coaching and I absolutely love the transformational powers of coaching, but it never worked for me. And I always thought that was a little bit odd that I could coach other people and get transformational change. But when I worked with coaches, it didn't work and i really struggled to understand that that's so interesting
0: yeah so so you worked with lots of different coaches but it mm-hmm. didn't quite
1: ever work yeah. for you no and i and i spent a lot of time thinking mm, is it me are they just not very good coaches is it their coaching program you know there's something missing here it was only when I discovered in 2015 that I couldn't access my inner world that I realized exactly what the problem was. It wasn't them. It wasn't me. It wasn't the coaching programs. It's just that my brain works in a completely different way. And so traditional coaching tools just weren't working for me. And um, explain to the audience what do you mean by,
0: when when we're talking about this inner world, Mm. what do we mean by it? What are
1: we talking about? So most of the time when we're talking about our inner world, we're talking about the thoughts that just come to us. So often we're talking about our inner critic or those limiting beliefs that we have. We talk about the inner world from the point of view of being able to access our memories of the things that have made us how we are now, our patterns of behavior, our, you know, life events. And we talk about being able to see our past, so visualizing our past or visualizing a new future. And what I discovered in 2015 was that I have aphantasia and aphantasia is the inability to visualize on demand. So we can't create mental images. Yeah. But what I've also discovered as a result of looking at that is that I also have something called an Aurelia, which is, I have a silent mind, which when we talk about meditation and I'm sure we're going to get onto it because you and I both love meditation. Yeah. Um, will will kind of become a bit clearer as to kind of the impact of anorelia with um, with meditation. But I also have something called severely deficient autobiographical memory. And that means I can't access any of my life memories. I can tell you various facts and figures about them and general knowledge and things like that. Yeah. But I can't step into and relive any of my memories. So my my inner world, it's like it's behind a door that I can't access. And so when you're doing coaching to try and change the inner world in order to affect change on the outer world, so for example, trying to change those limiting beliefs, it's really challenging for people like me who can't actually hear them. We don't know what those limiting beliefs are because they're not kind of popping into our mind every five minutes. We're not good enough. We're not worthy. They're there Mm -hmm. in our subconscious. We can't get to them. So
0: they're still there, mm. but they're showing up in a different way. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. so, so it's so. not like, oh my gosh, you are amazing. You've got no inner critic. You've got no <laughs> negative thoughts in your mind. So it's not that.
1: No, so, they're there. They're I just there. can't hear them. I but just don't. You can't. I can't access them. Um, so that's really challenging you can't see me internally.
0: Bessie's frozen for a second. When we're back, <laughs> we're back in the room.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I can't. Um, so, for example, uh, uh, talking about, you know, the, some of the coaching tools that we use, we, we often will, will ask somebody, you know, why it is that maybe they haven't achieved a goal that they've wanted to achieve, Yes. And we'll ask them to think about, you know, well, what were you thinking when when you were trying to do that? What were the thoughts that you were having that stopped you? And if you ask me that question, I'm going to think, I don't know what the thoughts were that I was having that stopped me from doing that. I know I was having some thoughts. I must have been. But it's it's much harder for me to 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 get to those things yeah Um, and i
0: think um if we if we shift back to Mm. uh childhood school um just i'm just wondering if now you're looking back can you i mean can you even access those memories where you were like okay ah, that's why Mm -hmm. i wasn't good at so and so at school
1: No, no, No. I can't access those memories at all. I, if there was a really good story about something that's happened in my life, I remember the story. Yeah. But I don't remember the memory. I have no access to the memory. So it's really hard for me to identify patterns of behaviour based on my past that have created the now. Yeah, it's really challenging. It works, it's possible. It? I was. Yes. It, it is possible.
0: Something yeah, like
1: this is impossible. <laughs> How could you do it? <laughs> so it takes a really skilled coach who understands. Okay, I need to work a little bit differently here, and to understand that that um, traditional tools and methods just not going to do, um, do it. Yeah, so. so you
0: are not. We are all miracles, but you're not a miracle in the fact that you have no blocks or repeated patterns or anything like that you just don't <laughs> no. remember them that's quite good though as well isn't it
1: <laughs> well there are some advantages to yeah. to, to having fantasia and to having anorexia and sdam for example um i never have to relive a traumatic event ever again i'm never going to see it it's never going to come yeah. back into my thoughts my um, memory wise, I'm just I'm within a very short period of time, I will have forgotten it unless I remember a story about it. Yes. The flip side is my body absolutely remembers it. One hundred percent remembers it. Um, yeah. And I think and that's where um, some really therapeutic work comes in and um, somatic work comes in to try and remove the, the the negative energy from your body or that feeling of trauma that's um, that's in the body. Yeah. But we'll
0: never, never we both see work um, uh, very holistically aren't we mm-hmm. we love
1: kind of holistic whole
0: mind, body soul. Yeah. Um, and yeah if if we go by the things we've learned and different um, methodologies, our emotions do get stuck in the body, yes. tension, illnesses, disease, yes. it's all trauma. Thoughts, patterns, you know, yeah. yeah, and
1: lifestyles and externals as well, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But when you when you look at traditional um, sort of therapy, and I'm, I'm talking about counselling based therapy, mm-hmm. and that's very much um not always, but most of the the, the therapy based. So, for example, cognitive behaviour therapy is going to be looking at well, what the thoughts that you're having that are creating these emotions that are these you know behaviors for this outcome and so it's really challenging to to work with therapists and say uh a i've no idea (laughs) what the thoughts are b i I can't
0: remember remember the (laughs) argument
1: (laughs) (laughs) my body can yeah Yeah. i'm feeling this i'm having a so i mean the the reality is uh, coming up for nearly two years ago now i had a i had a, a massive breakdown i had a nervous breakdown And, um, and I, and I use this expression a lot and and people often say to me, I don't understand what it means, but I would wake up at three in the morning and I would know that my brain was spiraling. I would know that my brain was going through that process of ruminating over everything. Yeah. Couldn't hear it, but I could feel it happening in my body. And And was it like, like a bit of a panic attack? So I had panic attacks. It brought on panic attacks for me. Um, and I, I have had panic attacks before. So I um, uh, when I was growing up, my knees used to dislocate all the time. And, and I only even have to think about that for me to feel that in my body of what that felt like. And that can in itself bring on a, a panic attack. Um, but the feeling that I'm getting when um, I'm spiralling that, that kind of panic attack that I'm getting when I'm spiralling, it was really different. And I knew it came from some sort of stress, overwhelm, burnout, these thoughts, but couldn't, couldn't access them. So what, um,
0: and I think this is, this,
1: where, when was this burnout? So that was, that was about two, two years ago. And, um, at that point I was kind of doing traditional coaching. Um, and mainly then I was, ironically, mainly working with women suffering from stress <laughs> and, and overwhelm. Yeah. And I went yeah. through saying, you know, I, I just was ignoring all of the signs in myself that mm. this was happening to me and um, I
0: suspect the signs are much harder for you to see hear, because you can't see them internally you can't hear them internally so no. is it a a physical like you have to now feel into your body more
1: yeah and wow. that's definitely what it was I could I could feel it my chest was getting much tighter I had a brain fog um, say the the the, the 3 a.m. waking up full of adrenaline and cortisol and being able to feel that in my body um should have been the <laughs> sign to tell me to just, you know, chill, but I didn't, you know, we never yeah, we never listen to ourselves, do we? And um, and so yeah, so I had a full-blown nervous breakdown. And I went to see a therapist who had never heard of my conditions and had no idea how to work with me and tried to work with me in very traditional ways that in the end, I think he was getting just as frustrated at those sessions as I was. Um, yeah. We both, we both pretty much checked out. Um, yeah. that. But I found myself tapping without knowing what tapping was, I'd, I'd kind of seen it a bit, but I didn't really know much about it. And I found myself doing lots of things like body stroking. I would, I would catch myself like, almost like I was trying to brush the energy out. And, um, I realized that I was doing things to try and remove the, the energy of this from my body without consciously knowing that was what I was doing. And, um, and then it was the middle of winter and I decided that I would start dipping in the sea, which I know you also love. And that was yeah, a massive We dipped a couple massive, of times together, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. And that, that in itself was a big thing for my recovery. But the flip of it was that I realised that nobody out there seems to know how to work with people like me. And there are lots of people like me, 39 to 5% of the population. Now, bearing in mind that they think that adult ADHD is 2.4% of the population, that was the last um, thing I read from um, the WHO's um, website, the World Health Organisations. That's a lot of us that need coaches, therapists, healers who understand and can work with us. And that was when I thought, I'm going to, if nobody's going to do this, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do it myself.
0: (laughs) I'm going to have to set up the business.
1: I'm just going to have to do it. So I trained to, um, starting my training to be a counsellor. And um, that brings me on to the question, how did you get
0: started in the field? So we've kind of, we've kind of covered some of this in, in our, in our chat. So tell me yeah, how so then you started a counselling
1: yeah, thing. so but I, was
0: it all based on traditional methods anyway? It,
1: what yeah, well it is. And yeah. so what I what I realized was that I needed to learn it so that I could learn how to adapt. And that's what I've done with all of my experience of coaching. I looked at all of my coaching experience and thought, okay, how do I adapt this these methods? for people like me um and that's that's what i've done and so i stepped away from coaching myself and now i train coaches actually interestingly enough on on this um latest round i've got three hypnotherapists which has been really interesting and kind of learning about you know how and Of
0: course how hypnotherapists. Hurts. so also I mean obviously I've I know what you do I've seen the website I've seen the offers but the people listening they haven't seen the offers and um, so these hypnotherapists well what on earth are you
1: doing with them? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a bit of a science geek and mm-hmm. so I teach what's happening in the brain. So you yeah. get the neurobiology of of these conditions and what makes my brain different to somebody who's neurotypical.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you get an understanding of the of the of the of that the sort of the brain chemistry, also the research into these conditions. So I teach about five conditions. I teach about aphantasia, so not being able to create images in your mind, anorelia, the silent mind. SDAM, Mm -hmm. severely deficient autobiographical memory, so not being able to access memory. Um, Alexithymia, which Alexithymia is linked um, to lots of other conditions, including the um, ASD, so the autism spectrum disorder and um, some ADHD. And Alexithymia is the inability to recognise and name emotions in other people, but also in Mm. ourselves, And um, lots of people with aphantasia report really struggling to access their own emotions. And I'm one of those. So I can do top end and bottom end emotions, as I like to call them. So, you know, real joy at one end and and anger at the other. But everything in between is quite hard for me to access that that kind of middle ground. And so I, I've long said that I surface skim my emotions and it's only when I learned about alexithymia and about how often when people are accessing their emotions, it's through something they're seeing in their mind and it's those memories and it's all of those things that mm. I can't access. Um, and so I teach all about that. The good thing about alexithymia is alexithymia is the only thing that I teach about that you can change. Alexithymia can be improved and it can be learnt behaviour so yeah. you can so you can unlearn the behaviour. Yeah. Um, so that's really good. But I also teach about the last one is called dyskinesia. And dyskinesia is multi-sense aphantasia, basically. So that means not only do I not have an inner ear because I have a silent mind and I don't have an inner eye because I have a blind mind, but I also can't recreate in my mind smells, tastes, any of my senses. So when people say to me, "Oh, that's me looking up, see. thinking, can I do that?" So yeah, if I was, nice. if I was to say to you and to everybody listening now, I want you to imagine that you are you've got a lemon in your hand, and you can you bring the the up to your nose and you just sniff the lemon. And you can probably be creating now the smell of a lemon in your mind, that citrus smell of a lemon. And if I was to say to you, if you imagine taking a great big bite out of that, you potentially are now getting that sharp kind of acidic taste in your mouth. Now, you, you may be salivating because just, you know, if you like a lemon, maybe the thought of biting into a lemon is It's kind of making you salivate. But if you're able to access all of your internal senses, you're recreating the smell and the taste of a lemon in your mind.
0: I could not.
1: I could could see the lemon. I could not smell
0: the lemon. I could not taste the lemon. But my body did a shiver of the bitter thing. (laughs) But I did get
1: uh, more saliva in my mouth. Yeah. So your your brain was working on the so that so that means that your visualizing your visualization was so yeah. real that your body was was reacting to that as if yeah. that was happening.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's that's one of the really interesting things about Aphantasia, but which before I go on to that, I just want to say, so when if somebody said to you, Oh, that smells like Christmas. Yes. Would you recreate could you think, oh, that's cinnamon and all those smells of cloves um, or whatever, Christmas pines.
0: Yeah, when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, I've got some essential oils uh, that people say that about. And I, I like getting them out around Christmas because yeah. it is, it's the oranges, the cinnamons, the yeah. clove, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Trees, eucalyptus and,
1: yeah. So it's, and it's also, I think, for some people having that, in a sense memory of somebody you know they talk about I don't know their mum's perfume or or the way a loved one smelled or you know and there are people some people can recreate that smell in there they remember they remember it as if they're smelling it in their mind yeah Which sounds very weird but um just to me anyway because I can't do any of that um but what I wanted to say about the body brain that that brain body brain connection that was just happening for you when you were salivating them one of the tests that's been carried out on aphantasia i think is incredibly interesting and i'm, I'm sorry i'm going a little bit off topic here but it's just I, I had to share it yeah people who can visualize it when you're asked to imagine yourself as if you are in a darkened room your pupils naturally dilate they do it on the outside because your brain thinks that you're in the dark. And likewise, if you imagine yourself in a bright room.
0: Well, I'm going to test that out with a mirror. And then what? You open your eyes, looking straight in the mirror.
1: Well, you did it with your, with your eyes open. So if you, if you do it with your eyes open, so visualising with your eyes open, picturing in your mind with your eyes open that you are in a bright room or a dark room. And and that will happen to your to your pupils, whereas people with are just nothing. There is no change at all. And so it might be a tool at some point in the future that we'll be able to test aphantasia by to see mm-hmm. whether or not people can do it. Which would be really interesting.
0: That's interesting. And I was even thinking just then, can I visualise with my eyes open? I always close my eyes. But can you? Can you project an image? Can I think of an image of that lemon? No. And when I shut my eyes, I can, though. <laughs> yeah, some people... Something weird happened to me, actually, this week. So I was playing a board game. Yeah. And it's one that I'd seen before. Um, I'd played before, couldn't quite remember it. And it didn't fill me with joy, shall we say, that we were going to play this again. (laughs) It was something called Dixit, and it's these cards, and all the cards are different drawings, and you have to describe the picture without describing it. Okay. If this makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No
1: one with you.
0: And then everybody puts a card. So, say you say um, helping others, and your card is a little ant with a flag and there's lots of ants behind. So you decide actually that's helping others. That first ant is is helping everybody else go in a straight line. So then everyone else around the table has to look at their cards and see if they have a card that could be described as helping others. Okay. And then you put it all down and then you flip them over and you basically get points whether... um you can whether people guess right or not basically yeah um and I was looking at these cards and it just blank head and I was just so literal (laughs) like ant with a flag (laughs) line of ants like ah, I don't know (laughs) (laughs) and everyone else is coming up with these great (laughs) things and I'm like oh my god gosh, why am I so logical sometimes? But other times I've got this, you know, I have got this huge imagination, but I look yeah. at these cards and I would just say what I could see. I couldn't make up a phrase for it and it was driving me crazy in the kind of pre, the pre-game. the Anyway, I did win. Which I, was quite, well, I was very pleased about, but I didn't show off. Um <laughs> But my, my head, my mind was just absolutely blank. There was just nothing happening in there. And yeah, <laughs> so I've had like a teeny window into what that <laughs> blank mind can be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so interestingly enough, with, with an auralia or or an oral thinking, um it's another way. So, so aphantasia is image free thinking and, and, um, and, oral thinking is thinking without sound. Um, what's interesting is that for some people that is total silence all the time, full stop. But for me, I do have internal dialogue. I don't have internal monologue and it's the monologue, which is the kind of the, you're not in control of the thoughts. Yes. Whereas internal dialogue, I can have a conversation with my head myself in my head. And that's yeah. how I work out problems. That's how I so so in that in that instance, I potentially would have been doing the same thing. Well, how do I describe that? That's just a line of ants with a flag. Uh okay. <laughs> so I, I potentially would have been would have been doing that. But one of the ways to that I like to describe it is as you and I are having this conversation I am 100% fixed on you and this conversation which possibly might have been one of the reasons why coaching was something I loved because it's all about you know focusing on and active listening Mm -hmm. and I am only hearing my voice as I'm talking and your voice as you're talking and that's it Mm -hmm. so there's not a shopping list in my head that's happening or oh god don't forget to get dog food or those thoughts that I am very conscious that when I'm having conversations with people often their brain is doing other things yes and it's quite um it's quite interesting to me that that happens because I often wonder how anybody gets anything done with all that noise with everything that's going on all those images and all those noises and voices and somebody told me that as well as their thoughts it's like there's a radio playing in the background and I was like how, how do you
0: count? Oh, yeah sometimes I get that the radio and it's it's a song on repeat
1: oh well oh, it's awful,
0: that is. yeah you can so wake an
1: earworm. Up. that can give you my top tip for dealing with an earworm yeah. You have to that's start the, cool. the song and you have to sing it all the way through all the words. And if you don't know the words, learn them because it's your brain is trying to find the next line. It's and it, and it doesn't know the next line. So it keeps going back to the beginning. Yeah. And that's why you get caught in those earworm loops, because it's like it's like any problem that we give our brains to fix our amazing computers. We give them mm-hmm. this problem to solve. Only we it can't find the answer. And I can get, I, I currently have a song living in my head "Rump for m and it, but it's me singing the song. It's my yes. voice singing the song. And that is the only time when I get what I call an intrusive thought. Mm-hmm. That's the only time whenever it's, it's an earworm and I don't get them very often um but they can happen for me and then I have to go and learn the song in order to to get shot of it so that's my top tip for everybody listening when you get an earworm you go. on purpose sing it all the way through and if you don't know learn the words
0: <laughs> like it <laughs> um in fact before we go to that question mm-hmm. a little bit more about how you're starting in the field but more about so you, you've set up you've set up the company you've set up the academy you have yes. created a program are yeah. you is it one program that you use to help other coaches and workers in the kind of wellness industry or or broader than that to help work with clients people who can't access the inner world
1: yeah so it's it's um it's one course which is over five modules which mm-hmm. is over um i think probably this time around going to be eight weeks i i've just run a beta course and they they recommendation to kind of add a bit of a gap in the middle for relearning yes. or not relearning but you know reflecting yeah,
0: i i call it um what do i call it i call it Review and reflect. Yes, refine
1: that kind of thing. Yeah, I might punch that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, And so it's there's five modules, and in those in each of those modules, you learn about the condition, you learn how to recognise it in your clients, you learn about the research into it, you learn about the neuroscience, and you learn some practical tips that you can me apply immediately either with a client or things that you can suggest to your client that they do immediately mm-hmm. to help them and then i also do a live coaching group coaching see i'm still thinking i'm a coach i still do a group i am or i'll always be a coach a group training session where i actually then do some practical okay so so now you've learned about it how do we apply it in the real world and um that is very much then based on each different thing so for example goal setting we'll look at well how do you do goal setting for somebody who can't see the past or the future and Mm -hmm. how do you help somebody like me who out of sight out of mind is a very real thing so how would you help somebody like me to make sure that those goals remained visible and that I could achieve them? So it's about uh, applying those tools. And I think that the, the things that I teach um, would, it's not just, I mean, I focus mainly at coaches, but it's not just for coaches. It's anybody who is working with somebody to mm-hmm. help them to affect change in their life.
0: Yeah, you could go that? into the corporate world and teach people as well couldn't you yeah, it's not exactly. just the wellness industry
1: no no I mean I it's about thinking about teaching you know because a lot of a lot of teaching now in particularly in in maths so I've been told I mean I I you know was never blessed with children
0: oh but listen I'm I'm doing Year seven, which is the first year of secondary school in the UK, I am doing that math because I sit down with my daughter. She's um, on the ASD spectrum um, and we're both dyslexic um, and I'm probably something else as well. Um, (laughs) And we're sitting there and all I can say is thank God for the lockdowns, right, because otherwise I'd have done – no, no prep work, right? Yeah. But because I did homeschooling, we I started doing kind of relearning maths and yeah. English at that at that stage. Um, because otherwise I'd be stuffed because yeah. the maths is on a different level. Yeah. I mean, the language, what they're asking, what they're this, that. So yeah, what what
1: have what have you heard? <laughs> well that there's a lot of work. The problem in your brain. See the blackboard. Yeah. Write it on the blackboard. Work it out in your mind. See yourself working it out in your mind. Well, I couldn't do that. No, I can't see that in my mind either. No, be absolutely impossible for me to do a longhand calculation in my brain as if I had a blackboard in front of me. Yeah, a piece of paper I'm good to go. Yeah, but. I think there's an awful lot of that, um, of of visualisation used in schools now. Also, when we think about English, teaching children English and and about creative writing. Now, people who have aphantasia, unfortunately, it's often called that uh, said that people with aphantasia don't have an imagination and that's not true. We've all got very active imaginations and we, and we can be incredibly creative. I mean, you've got, um, you've got the head of Pixar is, is aphantasia. The, the, um, the uh, animator who did uh, the little mermaid, Ed Catmull, I think his name is, Uh, he has aphantasia. So it's not that we're not creative. But we're not particularly that interested. I'm speaking for all our fans, and I know I shouldn't. But statistically speaking, (laughs) we're not that bothered by the descriptive stuff. And we're not that bothered by the descriptive stuff because we are not creating an image of what's happening in a book. Mm. When we read a book, we just want to know what happened, the storyline. That's all we're interested in. Everything else is just kind of fluff. And so it can be challenging for children with aphantasia to write creatively, to write really descriptively if they're not aware that they're not interested in the descriptions and they're going to have to work that little bit extra harder. Yeah. To use words that they really have no interest in. When I read a book, that's all I read. I just read the storyline. I'm not creating the film that goes with it. I have no concept of what the characters really look like, so when they're made into a film or a TV show, I'm never disappointed. I'm never disappointed. <laughs> so true. Yeah, because I haven't created an image of them in my mind. Yeah. So it's. Um, I think it, it 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 could potentially be challenging. So there there is there is the potential to take the the learning into schools
0: mm-hmm. if they
1: haven't already done things to 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 learn about this i mean there's knowing so that there are things so with some of the conditions
0: neurodivergent now aren't there i yes. mean yes is there anybody neurotypical yeah there's people pretending probably not <laughs>
1: probably not
0: but there's lots that can still fit in that kind of system that box that was created so long ago by um Well, it was created by men for men, for boys, wasn't it? School, Um, women came along much later, um, but
1: the framework was already there. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, there are, you know, in, in something that's still used today, in 1909, George Herbert Betts created this learning skills inventory. I think it was called the Learning Skills Inventory um and he in that in and even then he was talking about the fact that not everybody could visualize Mm -hmm. and some of and some of his um his work today is still used around how we teach children how we identify children's different learning styles so it's not like people haven't known about this I mean, yeah,
0: that's true.
1: But they haven't
0: implemented it because they feel like, I don't know, maybe they f- they felt that it was minority and we're just going with the
1: majority. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think Aphantasia didn't get its name until 2015. Um, we've known about an oral thinking for a very long time, but Anoralia as a name for it, 2021, SDAM, I think was 2019. You're uh, amazing with figures, facts and figures. Well, I am because, and this is the thing, I can't access my autobiographical memory, but I've got really good semantic memory. And semantic memory is facts, figures, dates, general knowledge. That's why I used to be really good at quizzes. I say I used to be really good at quizzes yeah. because, you know, I am a woman of a certain age now, and sometimes the brain just doesn't work. Uh, at yeah. All. <laughs> and if I've got to answer something really quickly, speed has gone and completely out of the window. My reaction time is way down. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but if it's just general knowledge, that's that's how my brain works, and that's how the brain of a lot of people with aphantasia works. so we're we're really in our left brain a left mm. hemisphere we're all in that words and language and facts and figures and and maths interestingly enough and a lot of people with aphantasia go into kind of sciences or data driven jobs mm. um because that, that we can remember that stuff i mean i can remember telephone numbers from my first job when i was 17 the client's Holy telephone God. number yeah because i'm doing <laughs> them all the time and they're just kind of in there you know i could pull them out but ask me to remember my wedding day no chance I can tell you some stories about my wedding day i can tell you what i can remember from the photographs that i've seen of my wedding day yeah. I can, you know i can show you a photograph from my wedding day and say well look you know this that and the other um but ask me to remember the day, to relive the day, to step into those memories of that day, and I don't have access to them. The door is closed, and I don't have a key for it.
0: Wow.
1: They're there. They are there.
0: So if we were to work together, what, what would it look
1: like? So one of the things that I am offering as a new add-on for this course because one of the things that I've realized is that you all work differently everybody who's in this space works slightly differently Mm -hmm. and so whilst I can whilst I'm teaching you that there's no one-size-fits-all I have to understand that there's no one-size-fits-all when it comes to the work that people do yeah and so one of the things that I have um, introduced to this course is that I will audit one of your offers and go through it with you to show you where you could easily adapt it, tweak it, change it, so that it would work for people like me, so that it would work for anybody who thinks slightly differently. And so that if you have a client like me, because like I said, there's more of us out there than anybody even knows, that you would be able to, having done the course, being able to identify it the key for the identification is that not everybody who has aphantasia even knows they have it. I always knew there was something a bit different, but I had, I had no idea until I read the article about aphantasia that actually what I had was, you know, aphantasia and that people could actually visualize which blew my mind. Um, (laughs) Honestly, I just thought it was a concept. I thought it was just words. I thought if you asked me to imagine an apple, Well, I know what an apple is. I've eaten an apple. I could describe an apple to you. That's what I thought people were doing in their heads. I didn't realise that they were actually seeing Seeing. an apple, and some people could imagine biting into it and tasting tasting it. I I, I can't. I can't get mad around that one. (laughs) Um, So I would, I would um, help you to make your work accessible,
0: basically.
1: mm. So that's 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 what working together would work be collaborative and, um, yeah, supporting you to be able to a attract more clients who there may be people like me who do know they have it. And they're really hesitant to work with coaches or healers or therapists again, because they've, it hasn't worked for them before. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what would. that's how we would work together.
0: (laughs) So, do you do you do any coaching or mentoring or any courses for the people like you or do you if they're like look no I don't I don't want to do the work I'm I work in an office or whatever but I just want help yeah being the best me I can possibly be um do you work with those people or do you because you've now got this network growing, can you yeah. pass them down different avenues? I mean, how does it work?
1: Yeah, so at the moment, I am not working um, with anybody on an individual basis because I'm focusing on the training. Yeah. But what I do is I refer them on to people who have taken the course, who do whatever it is that they need. So once you've taken the course and you've passed it, yeah, you basically get to go onto my website as an expert and anybody with then these conditions can go and search on that list for, to find somebody mm-hmm. who does what it is that they need. So if it's a relation, somebody who's having relationship problems, they could go and have a look and say, OK, that person is a relationship coach. They understand alexithymia, which is often a challenge in relationships. They're going to know how to work with us. They're going to understand that process. Um, so that's that's what I'm doing. I I realised that I wanted to be able to help everybody like me, but there's 395 million of us, and I can't help everyone. <laughs> but if I can help, if I can train other people to do it, yes. Yeah. Who knows how many people can be reached by that? And that's the key for me. It's that's, yeah, that's what I wanted. That's why I'm doing the training instead of doing one-to-one. I'm never going to say no to -to one-to-one because I I do love it. (laughs) But I think for the minute my calling is to, yeah, create a world for people like me to be able to have access to training and healing and any form of therapy that will work for us.
0: Fantastic. And I am on your website right now, mm-hmm. um, which is www.afantasiacoach.com.
1: Yeah.
0: And within it you've got a tab for the Afantasia um, academy. Yeah. So uh, evaluate your coaching skills and expand your client base by understanding Afantasia and obviously you've got all the other um neurodivergence
1: yeah. in
0: there as well that you talk about and how the brain works which is amazing yeah. um and also oh yes you've got lots you've got resources you've got yeah. the training academy yeah. um So, yeah, I do suggest, audience, that you head on over there and have a good old look. And it's scrolling at the bottom, and if you are listening, watching on any of the platforms, um, there will be links to um, all of Sassy's work uh, within, yeah, within the wording. So do have a good old butchers. Um, So any advice or top tips for our audience perhaps first for the people that don't have those conditions um to help us uh help them if if we're working together and then maybe yeah something
1: else okay so if you are working with a client and you are doing some form of visualization with them so Mm -hmm. If you're doing a um, meditation and guided visual meditations with them and you or, or you're using visualization as a tool to help somebody to see a, a goal. So, for example, if you if you worked with people to help uh, weight release, mm-hmm. you might say something along the lines of, OK, I want you to um, to imagine that you're seeing yourself in the mirror at the weight that you want to be. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, that's used as a motivational tool and to,
0: yeah you can yep. see the, the
1: yeah the weight falling off yeah all of that yeah. if your client starts looking at you a bit blankly if they don't seem to be getting excited about the fact that they should be seeing themselves at that weight that's your first clue that they may not actually be able to visualize and so it's about understanding and recognizing just, just if you're working with somebody it's just not quite working. If if it works most of the time with your clients and you've got a client it's not working with it, that's kind of a a big little a big flag there. That's the that, bell. Ding, 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 yeah, ding, that maybe ding, they're ding, not ding, visualizing. Ding, ding. Yeah. Okay. So many people don't know that they have aphantasia. They because nobody's ever heard of it. And like yeah. I said too, there is this concept. It's just everybody thinks this a you know, visualizing is just a word that people use and it doesn't really mean anything. And and anybody you speak to who's got aphantasia will tell you that I just thought it was a word. I didn't really realise it meant, you know, pictures. Mm. Um and so they might not know that they've got it. So one of the things that I often ask people to do is describe something. So I might say, um, you know, could you could you just close your eyes and I'd like you to imagine that you're standing in a field and you're looking out across that field and in front of you is a grey and white wild horse and its mane is blowing in the wind and it's so close to you that you could almost reach out and touch its nose. And behind it, there are beautiful mountains and wild flowers and the sun is beaming down and you can feel that warmth on your skin. Now, if you've got that image in your head, for some people, it might be a photo might be looking at a photograph. For other people, I, you've, I've just made you create a film in your mind and you can see the mane moving and you could maybe touch and feel the, the horse. Maybe mm. you could smell the grass and freshness of the day and feel the warmth. If you do that with a client and they say, all I saw was black, that's what aphantasia is. Mm-hmm. I can think about that horse. I've ridden a horse. I know what horses are like. I know what a horse smells like. I know what a horse feels like, but I can't actually create that image in my mind at all. It's absolutely black. And so it's about doing a short, quick, could you close your eyes and describe, and, you know, and then you talk through a, a something like I've just done with the horse. And then if they go, no, nope, then there's your cue. Um and so for those people, it's about creating then that goal or that future with words really verbally. And that's that's a, a good way to do it because we're really good at talking. Yeah. As you can probably tell. <laughs> so actually we would uh we would use we would use a lot more words. So I I would I use a lot of words when I'm thinking about, you know, my goals and things like that. So that's to say your top tip. It's all about recognizing that maybe something isn't quite working in the way that it does for everybody else. And mm. could that mean that they're not visualizing and they either know they're not doing it and they they, they think that this is still gonna work for them or They don't know that visualising is actually a real thing. Um, So
0: what do we do then? So we've got this information, we've got this client who we've now, both of us know, can't visualise, internally visualise or or smell or taste, touch, all all of that kind of stuff, internal dialogues. Um, How do we take them through our programme or through a meditation?
1: Yeah, so... A, a guided visualization. If if your client knows that they have aphantasia and they are, uh, but they ha- but they can be quite creative mentally,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then sometimes guided meditation can work. I I have worked with some uh, amazing teachers that use guided veg- uh, visualization, and one of them was taking me through meeting my guide yes and um and because i have read a lot and i love i've always loved science fantasy science fictions type of books yeah i automatically had that description of what i considered to be a wise woman Mm -hmm. based on the books that i've read on the books yes yeah so although I couldn't visualize meeting my guide and my guide taking me by the hand and walking with me I could create the concept of this wise woman and describe a wise woman. Mm-hmm. And so whilst I might not have been able to emotionally connect in that meditation because I wasn't I wasn't experiencing what everybody else was experiencing. It didn't mean that though that I couldn't do it at all, but I know I have aphantasia. And so what she'll now do is on a, on a start of a guided meditation, instead of assuming that everybody can visualize, she'll say, I'm going to do a guided visualization. If you are unable to create images, can you think about this, whatever it is that she's going to do, can yeah. you, imagine, because I can imagine, I can imagine, I just can't create pictures with it. Can you imagine this? Can you feel this? Now, I feel this works for people who don't have alexithymia. Can you feel this? Mm. So she gives kind of options, and she's very upfront with it. And what I think is really great about that is that those people who can't visualize but maybe didn't know they can't visualize at that point are getting a cue of oh so maybe there are people who can create images and I can't but I can think about that Mm. I can try and and come up with something similar now that doesn't work for everybody I know a lot of people with aphantasia just find it a guided meditation just a complete turn-off and if yeah. I'm if I'm doing something with somebody who who doesn't understand and hasn't adapted, I can switch off. Can mm. like oh, oh I'm out. The minute I do a training course and they instantly talk about you know visualizing and listening to your inner thought, then you know I'm usually out by that point because I'm yeah.
0: Smart. I must say, since our uh, our kind of first conversation about. Mm about this. I think it was in the sea or on the beach. Yeah. And since then, whenever I'm working with somebody and I'm about to take them through guided meditation, I ask them, can you visualize internally? Can you do that? Yeah. Oh, and if they, if it's a no, and they have had no's, I'm like, okay, uh, can you feel? Yeah. Like, or can you this or that? And then we'll figure out something and then... Uh, you know yeah. work something around it but yeah it was a concept that hadn't hadn't really um <clears throat> thought about before um but since just touching base with people before just assuming yep. that's it that they can um visualizers helped helped a lot I'm conscious of the time and I know you have an offer for our audience so and, and the offer is going to be in the text as well around this um
1: podcast so yeah so um the neurodivergent coaching skills and practice program although it says coaching please do not be put off by that there's an awful lot that you can learn um even if you're not a coach but if you work with other people um the skills are applicable that's actually um live and um There's um, a link that, um, as I say, will be in the notes that will give you a discount. So I'm offering anybody who's listening to this. What's my early bird um, amount, which um, is actually closed, but I'm offering that to anybody listening to this. Um, So you would be able to access that that course with a hundred pound discount.
0: Fantastic, um, and the the link will be, like I say, somewhere within this. Yep, and I is will... it the academy join list or yeah?
1: Well, the if if you're interested but you not in, you don't want to do it right now. If you join the waiting list, then when I do the next round, that gives the early bird discount for the next round, which will be in. Where are we now? May, June, which will be July. Um, so that's the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that automatically you get the early bird discount from that. The May one it actually um, is already, by the time you're listening to this, is already live. Um, but we're only a couple of days in, so um, you haven't re- missed anything. and So you can, so you can join that late yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah only a couple of days they won't you won't have missed anything no uh, it's eight it's going to be at eight weeks so yeah yep. it's like two two days in
1: so come on peace yep. <laughs> two <laughs> days in and an awful lot that um that um you can pick up and transfer to whatever it is that, that you do whether you're a coach a healer a therapist it's all really useful information. And if you are a bit of a geek like me and you like to know what's happening inside people's brains, then um, then it's really interesting.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much, Sassy. I've really thank enjoyed thank today. I've learnt knots, as I'm sure the audience has too. And like I say, everyone, go check out the Afantasia Academy and Sassy Smith. Thank you. Stay Sane with Jane, the show that helps you and your business to thrive, not just survive.